Welcome to Secrets of Stand-Up. I'm Rich Williams. I'm going to share everything I know with you about stand-up comedy so that you can be a better comic. I want you to... I'm going to speed this up because I was a little slow in some of the videos because I haven't been feeling well. But throw out all the joke formulas just for a little while. I, I know I am a, a proponent of comedy classes, but I was talking with a comic last night. It was very interesting. He was telling me about some of the classes that he had taken. And um, when I started hearing about the formulas and mapping of things, it sounded like engineering to me. And we were both kind of laughing about it. Like, don't overcomplicate this, okay? You're, you're just making fun of things. That's at the heart of stand-up comedy is you're making fun of things. You're roasting things and ideas and people and situations and thoughts that come into your head. I'll give you an example. This is a horrible example. I don't care. So I was doing the, the, the show with this mic. If I were to make a joke about this, to me, in my 13-year-old Beavis and Butthead brain, it looks like a giant black cock. Okay, and I've always been nervous doing the videos with this because, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I know that it'll be better the closer I put my mouth to it, but I'm afraid my voice will crack. It, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. I just thought of something, yeah, it's a dick joke. Who cares? Sometimes it's good to just get those things out there and, well, this idea that you're going to run your jokes and your material through like some software or some program that's going to spit out the final result that you're going to do on stage, that makes me uh, wince. I don't like that approach. That's why if you watch all my videos, you'll hear me talking about the craft, but also about, hey, don't write jokes about this. It's, Pour out your feelings about it. Then the jokes will come. So I, I implore you, if, if you're just starting out, these, those things may be very helpful to you. But at some point, you have to let go of it. It can't just be uh, plug in A, B, and C, and you come out with hilarious stuff. Because when you go on stage, it's going to sound formulaic. That's what happens with formulas. The mom switchy. Uh, from what I remember, what that meaning, because I try to forget all that stuff. It's when you uh, say something and then the punchline is, but I said, mom, because you expect it to be somebody else and then the reveal that it's your mom makes it, um, besides hacky, is supposed to be startling to the audience. The audience has seen... At this point, so much stand-up comedy. The average person, they're being inundated with it. And they also follow along, the people that love comedy. They've watched hours and hours and hours. When I started doing stand-up, it was hard to even find a comedy special on VHS. You had to have HBO and watch to even learn. You had to go to a club to watch comics so you could learn and try to figure it out. When I started... I literally thought that um, every comic talked about the same topics 
and you just had to put your spin on it, like McDonald's and airplane food and the holidays. And so that's what I was working off of. And thankfully, I, I abandoned all of that. Um, so I struggle with some of the classes. I purposely don't watch other YouTube channels that teach for a variety of reasons. One, I don't want to be influenced by them and have anything come out that is a replication of what they're doing. Because to me, that's like stealing, um, even if it's not intentional. And I don't want to be accused of, oh, you got this from this channel. It's like, no, th this is from in here, from experience, from reading about comedy and doing it for 25 years. It's actually longer than I've been doing this, but I didn't get serious till, uh, I, who cares? Um, I also don't watch those channels because I don't want to get frustrated. I don't want to seize up and get angry and then lash out at any of the advice that I don't agree with or the style because they're probably very helpful for people. Um, and I don't want to get into beefs with anybody. I'm, I'm not into that. I, I'm not a drama channel. I don't want to argue with, um, you know, somebody who has built a business doing this. I don't have enough time for that stuff either. If it's helpful for you, it's helpful for you. I don't know. Some of the things that I, I, so I watched a little bit last night. That's what prompted this, this video. Um, I want you to think of me as just another comic sitting with you at the bar after the show and saying, hey, have you thought about this? I'm just giving you my own advice. I don't have a workbook for you to do. I don't have um, a seminar. I don't have formulas. I don't have lingo. I, I hate the lingo that goes around some of this stuff. Because, again, it overcomplicates it. All you have to do is find something that is interesting to you, deconstruct it, point out its flaws, and make jokes about it. And by making jokes, I literally just mean make fun of it. Convince the audience that you're right. Persuade them by making them laugh. Let them see what you see. I, I cringe. Somebody brought this up in the Discord, and... I was like, oh, my God, yes, I've been found out. Um, I don't like the title of this YouTube channel, Secrets of Stand-Up. It sounds a little too much like... I, I tried to come up with a bunch of different ideas. It's difficult because my name is... Rich Williams is also used by another comic. That's his name, even though we're very different. Um, in my career, I've gone by Dick Williams, Richard Francis Williams, Richard Williams. Uh, so I'll probably figure that part out. But Secrets of Stand-Up, I thought, well, I'm letting him in on things that experienced comics usually just tell each other at this point. Um, but yeah, it sounds like, like I don't want to be the comedy chiropractor where everything I tell you is phrase like, I'm going to give you an adjustment on this and the C4 vertebrae. Like, I didn't get into comedy for that. I got into comedy 
to get attention, to get laughs, to make people laugh, to get women that were out of my league, to go out and have fun, to not work a regular job, to go to be able to travel and get free hotels and to drink. Like there were a number of different reasons. Um, using a like some kind of program or CAD software to plot out my jokes and see how many laughs per minute I could get. That's not interesting to me. I wouldn't have done it if, if that was it. So for the people like me that are watching this, it's okay not to do that. I encourage you not to be formulaic. Again, I'm not shitting on anybody else. I'm not trying to start anything with anybody else. I'm giving you an alternative perspective. And some of these people may very well uh, present the exact same thing that I do. I haven't watched it. I watched it just this much. They may be presenting everything that I cover. It's just I sometimes get caught up on the lingo of it and trying to elevate it to this point of we're building the Parthenon. We're not. We're making people laugh. We're sharing our experiences and how we view things. And we're having fun. That's the most important thing to me. For you to go up on stage and have a blast. I was telling the comic that I spoke with last night who sent me a reel, or um, his set. He's very funny. It has a unique look, long hair. Um, funny guy, competent. I think he'll have a, a lot of success in his career. I was telling him how, because I've been doing comedy for so long, one time I, I was talking with my cousin brother, as I call him, on the phone prior to going up. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go up and rant about one of our other cousins uh, and not tell the audience anything that I'm doing. Just go up there mid-conversation that I would be having in my head. I'm like, yeah, she said she's going to bring mac and cheese to Thanksgiving, but that's Mima's role, and that has to be voted on by the family. So who does she think that she is to bring mac and cheese, of all things? And I had him on the phone at the time because he didn't think that I would really do it. And the audience was like, what? I didn't care. I was trying to make myself and him laugh on the phone. And I eventually bailed on it and got into my regular routine. Uh, but you got to do stuff for yourself. Try something crazy. I was telling him, the comic I was talking to, he has a tendency... Uh, from what I saw, to deliver the material, but at the punchline, he kind of trails off and he starts to mumble. And then as I watched more, he was doing that in the intro. I said, here's a crazy idea. Mumble throughout all the silence with your head down and that long hair. And then when you're telling a joke, start looking up while you're telling the setup, go out of the mumbling so it's like, yeah, the other day I was walking around this rainbow forest, and I want to tell you this, 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 and a punchline, and then go back down to the, just wander around the stage, and nobody knows what you're talking about. It may work, it may not work. Who gives up? Huh? 
I said cock earlier. I might as well say fuck. Um, try things out. Have fun. Be experimental. The formulas will only get you so far. It's good in the beginning so you have a baseline knowledge of what to do and how to... There, of course, there's structure and some very loose rules, but I've seen people go up and just blow me away. The comedian, the comedian Robert Hawkins was so funny when I worked with him on the road that he made me want to quit stand-up. I was embarrassed that I was featuring, he was the headliner. I would sit in awe watching him. And I'm like, I got to either really get better or just quit because it's insulting to his act that I'm going up before him. And so that motivated me to take chances. One of the other things uh, that I, I want you to try is when I was on the road, I only had a certain amount of material. I only had a certain amount of time. And I was very robotic in terms of I would write out my set list and I had to do every bit, every joke, in the same order, every single show. Because if I missed a chunk, I, I would like drop down five minutes of my time. and You can't do that. You're getting paid to entertain for half an hour. So I would always get word. I'd always write out my set list beforehand. And then one gig, I, I think it was when I moved to L.A., Excuse me. I had 45 to an hour by then, and I was getting 10-minute sets at the improv. And so I had to condense everything, and it was easy to kill then, because if you have an hour and you trim it up to 10 minutes, you're just doing your heavy hitter material. And from there, I went to, I'm not going to do a set list. I have these chunks of material. I'll open with whatever I feel like in that moment. And then whatever naturally progresses from that chunk, I'll do next. And then something else, another chunk that I have, I'll put in there. And it was just happening on stage. So each show, even though the jokes were the same, they were different because they would go in different order and the transitions between them would change. So it was like seeing a different show, even if you went twice. And that helped develop my style. Once I stopped relying on my formula of, I have to open with this, then I do this, then I do this, then I do this, then I do this, I was able to make it look like I was just coming up with stuff off the top of my head. I would do a bit, and then I'd look around, and create that space for the audience to kind of recover and it would reset the vibe and I knew they trusted me because I made them laugh excuse me I had made them laugh and so they were willing to go along for the ride with me and then I'd start going into something else and it's it's freeing when you're like I'm here for me I'm here to have fun. I'm here to make this an experience for myself and the audience that I'm not going to be able to duplicate or replicate for the next audience. We're having a moment here together. So 
ultimately, my message to you is have fun. Once in a while, you have to throw out all the rules so that you can break free of the formulas. Go up and do your entire act uh, looking down at your shoes one time. Go up and just scream with no microphone. Have a nervous breakdown on stage. Whatever it is, whatever you want to do, experiment. Don't get so locked into your jokes that you're a prisoner to them. Because then if one joke doesn't work, you cut off tags, and then you have to go to the next joke, and it throws off your rhythm and your timing. And you're not really there with them in that room in that moment. You're just going through a checklist. It's like when I first started doing these videos, I would write out on my computer each sentence I was going to say, and that's why there were so many cuts in the video. Because I wasn't just speaking extemporaneously. Now, I don't even plan out. I, I think about it when I go get coffee. And sometimes if it's on a very specific thing, I'll, I'll go through... I don't write it out, but I'll go through different points in my mind and know that I have to add uh, some B-roll or cutaways. But if I'm passionate about a topic... I'm confident that I can make it interesting for you. And it saves me a lot of time with the editing. Um, and it's not like this weird AI where I'm going, it, uh. and then the other day, I, but, you know, I don't know, have fun. You're a comic. You're not an actuary. You're not a, it's not rocket science. I make a video every day, seven days a week. I'm doing 100 videos in 100 days. Even when I'm sick, even when there's holidays. I hope you enjoyed this and I'll see you in the next video.